Roads FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Rescue, Heal, and Restore. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is a special edition Saturday show, September 16th in the year 2023. Being the last week, there was a lot of travel. There's been a lot of things that are going on. And there's just some issue topics that I really want to bring to the forefront as we make the turn to next week with Bards Fest and all that's been going on in my own life here as I've taken this trip back to Boone, North Carolina, which has just been absolutely, truly the hand of God. It's been so incredible. So a lot of things to cover tonight and perspectives to, to go about. This is really kind of a show led by the Holy Spirit, just letting you know. So who knows where we're going to end up, but I do know where the core is. And it's those three words in the title, rescue, heal, and restore. Patriots, before we get going, one thing that's very clear right now is food is becoming increasingly a weapon system by these diabolical fools that run this world. You need to stock up and you need to be prepared in an emergency situation to have not only stocks of food, but emergency food that you can count on, emergency food that will be there for you. And in times of emergency, there is a pick up and go or just have something is just something you necessarily fall back on. Characteristic of emergency food supplies are things that are, can last a long time on the shelf, provide great nutrition and a mix of flavors and, and good nutritious meals of at least like 2,000 calories a day. All of that is met by My Patriot Supply and a, a high standard. They are the largest emergency food supplier in the nation. My Patriot Supply right now is, is the place to go, and they're having an amazing deal. If you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you'll find that just $200 off on the three-month emergency food kits, which is outstanding value, and you can need to get one for every member of your family. This is a baseline product for any food emergency system that you have. You need to have these sorts of products aside and ready, and 90 days is a minimum coverage for that type of product. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Take advantage of the great savings. Right now is really critical to understand all this because there's so many moving parts to our world and so many uncertainties of where we're going to be. One thing we do know is they're trying to crush this food system to force our dependency upon their system, which is going to only enslave human, humankind even more. So again, go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Take advantage of the great savings on the three-month emergency food systems brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Now, Patriots, we are heading into Bards Fest this week, and a lot of things have been ha happening and bringing things together into a focus. And the one thing I can tell you that just increasingly is there before all of us are the children. Children are a critical component to saving this world. They are the backbone to everything that these, these psychopaths do on a global scale. They are the commodity. They are the pleasure. They are the sacrifice. They are what runs the engine of the global economy. When we take a look at the numbers that we hear each year in the United States, we hear between seven and 800,000 children go missing every year. 
Those numbers, if you put it to the media and all their fake fact checkers are going to tell you that that's actually not true, that those are the number of reported incidents. And and in fact, there's only about 20 or 30,000 children that actually go missing. Even on the surface, if we accept that as truth, which we know it's a lie, the, fa- the problem with that comment is that we're supposed to normalize the idea that twenty to 30,000 children have gone missing. No child going missing is acceptable. This is a level of corruption across our society that gets at the very core and heart of who we are as a nation, and nations shall be judged. The sexual sins of our nation that center around children literally could, would be worthy in, in the criminality and kingdom to take this nation and literally sink it into the ground. That responsibility, though, rests on us to start exposing this, raising this up, and changing this world with the actions that we can take on a local level. The thing is that we're not disempowered, even though the system tries to tell us we are. And the idea of child sex trafficking always comes down to the principles when, we, when they tell us about it of some heroic small team that's kicking in doors to go save the children. And we miss the bigger components of how we literally can help and stop this horrific crime. And that begins with information, begins with prayer, and it begins with making people aware of what the nature of the problem is. Heal, rescue, and rescue, heal, and restore. Rescue, heal, and restore. Those are the three pillars of Operation Vineyard. And Operation Vineyard, as we will talk more about it at Bard's Fest, is this principle, is this concept that we talked about a few months ago that God put on my heart that has been slowly and steadily moving forward and progressing to a major launch. Operation Vineyard is the principle of setting up three, three elements in every county across this nation and in every similar similar structure or county in every in every country across the world and what it is are these three things we need to have an ability to map out and know the intelligence of what's actually happening in our counties that means what we call human terrain mapping and we have to know about the social and cultural mapping and the political mapping we need to know who's doing what what their belief systems are in leadership who's funding them and we need to understand what the principal movers and shakers are of this of these crimes of child sex trafficking even if there aren't visible signs of child sex trafficking i guarantee you there's not a county in this country that doesn't have somebody in it that's digesting and consuming the nastiness of the out outcomes of child sex trafficking and that would be porn and porn is at the center of all things of this nation and of the depth of corruption once a person begins following and addicting allowing themselves to be addicted to porn the rabbit holes will always lead to the infatuation and, and molestation and horrific rapes and torture of children. It's with the way it works. And it's a progressive walk that people begin with soft porn, images of, say, women in lingerie or however that is, and then eventually gets into harder porn and eventually it leads to children. That progression can be mapped and it's truly part of the works of the devil himself. So porn, porn is a major issue. So when we start to look at what goes on in our counties, One of the principal issues we have to have is what we call the map. We have to develop a network map, an understanding of what is going on, not only the people in our government, but we have to start looking at what types of things can be discerned from public information about people digesting porn. Much of this information is available if we know how to search. And so that what that means is we have to develop some hardcore, ruthless diggers and people that can collect and, and scrape data on the web to start identifying the details of our counties to understand what's going on. That means we need training, and that means that training needs to be made available. Those sorts of things are what is being 
will be discussed more of as we move forward and organized from this Bards Fest going forward to bring together the skills available for people to learn and to be able to be trained on how to do these things to organize in your local accounting. Now, let me just take a step back here a minute because the one thing that I get a lot of when people talk about Operation Vineyard are a couple key questions that I get regularly. What do we do? How do we, and then how do we fund it? This is the piece that is really important to understand. All of these elements that we have done from county by county to Operation Vineyard, as God has put on my heart, is a drive that each individual has to be stimulated to want to do this. It's not about money. It's about operation and trusting in kingdom ultimately to deliver. Now, that isn't to say that things are for free and that suddenly the heavens are going to open and pour down all the mana or mammon that we need. But the more important issue here is there has to be a heart to do this, and we have to commit to doing this, and then those models will start to unfold. There's also been a lot of discussion and people pushing me to try to get linked up with other organizations. And I want to be clear about this. And part of that comes from the, ur- the people feeling of the urgency, which it is, but the need to jump in bed with people that are already established and doing things. I'm extremely selective on this. And I'm going to officially, from the standpoint of Operation Vineyard, there won't be any partnerships or teaming with other people unless God leads. Now, that is said because there's so much out here of people doing the wrong things, even if they think it's, if they're kind of following the Holy Spirit. So many of these organizations out here are centered around money development and not about true action on the ground. And I'm not taking away from those that are doing good work, but it takes a lot of vetting and understanding of what we're doing. And ultimately it pivots on the heart and the passion for kingdom, not the need to look at balance sheets and budgets. Those things follow but they have to begin in the right place. And that's where this discussion tonight is pivoting. So we have a lot going on in our counties, every county across the nation. And it's something that we have to take good account for and understand how to get to this, how how to identify it and how to expose it. That all begins by developing a map, a map of understanding what the social, cultural, political events are and the financial elements are that can be exposed. And as we look at that as well, trying to identify, for example, things like what's the amount of porn consumption in our counties, and then trying to identify what that is and who's available, who's doing it. This isn't For those that are consuming porn, it's not about exposing them in the beginning to try to humiliate them, rather, but opening up the doors that they can be freed from that addiction. That means counseling, support, prayer, deliverance, a lot of other things that are going to be needed to break those addictions. They need to return to being human again, not being dehumanized by this digestive that seems to be an addiction, but ultimately not realizing that all that we all that we do is a choice. And that's literally when we walk in the Holy Spirit, we are walking in a choice of doing things or not doing things. Now, as a highlight on this porn issue, we are going to be focusing on that in the evening of Saturday on Bards Fest. We're going to be doing deliverance around porn addictions. We have teams ready and mobilized to help anybody that's there. And for those that I, I've, when I, whoever listens to this, and those that I haven't gotten back to, you will, we will get, I will get back to you here in the coming week. But it's important, and that refers to people that have reached out to me about porn addictions, and I will get to you. But it's right now an issue that every person out here needs to start that has those inclinations. It has to be addressed. It has to be understood that porn is a major weapon of this enemy. It's a weapon that breaks down families. It's a weapon that degrades people. It's a weapon that weakens us in the Holy Spirit. It's a weapon that separates us from God. 
And the fact that any porn consumption that is done is part of a bigger issue of child sex trafficking, even though the two may seem unrelated, they are deeply related because that industry is all about the exploitation of women, exploitation of children, and to a lesser degree, the exploitation of men. This is an industry that when anybody's participating in it, you are driving an economy that is designed specifically to destroy the human soul, to undermine the family, and to create traumatized subjects, both of those who consume it and those who are victim of it, to create a culture that is, that is separated from God. That is its whole agenda. So if there's any version of this that you're consuming or you're doing, you're part of a bigger problem and it needs to stop. This is not a, a, an in-between line here. Much of what we understand about porn, unfortunately, the way it's presented is that as an addiction, you simply need to be tough and you need to step away from it. What isn't really appreciated is this is an attack on, on God's children, and that includes all of us. It is an attack that doesn't going to go away. It doesn't stop, and it means that we have to be equipped both with the armor and the tools to fight it, which are things like deliverance. And when we get those tools and understood and how to use them, and you understand that the attacks are never going to go away, the attempt to draw you into that trap is never going to stop, and the only way that we can ensure that it will stop in our lives is to be able to put up the armor that God gave us and to be able to stand mighty in the Holy Spirit and repel and reject that and to be able to cleanse our heart and purify us once again before the throne. That's the tools and keys in a simple sense of how we get through this. But you have to get the mindset to understand that this is not going to just go away. The enemy knows the effectiveness of this weapon. The enemy knows the effectiveness of breaking down people's resistance, and it will continue to use it. And as it uses it, it is creating a greater economy. For those that consume it, the growth in the porn industry has been astronomical, as has been the growth then in parallel and in conjun- conjoined with it, the growth of child sex trafficking and the growth of child of child-level porn. It is horrific what's going on in the globe, and it has to be stopped. This is the one key that you take this away, the entire global elite goes into straight-up paralysis because that is one of their key commodities in which they trade. Informational. This war is spiritual, and spiritual is also combated with informational. We have to be able to tell the stories. We have to be able to convey the truth. We have to be able to get people aware and awake, and we have to use all of those tools to awaken people, drop the scales from their eyes, to raise up their hearts, and to ultimately lead them to the relationship in Christ and the Holy Spirit. We have to, we have to use those things around us in the informational that are the facts that we have to share the information to wake and shake the societies. And in particular, that has to be at a county level. Part of that is building a trusted source of information. That's a podcast, for example. And that's the goal is to get people in each county across this nation to be able to do a podcast. Some counties will have multiple podcasters, but where the focus of the news is on what's the events of the county, not a just another podcast, but a podcast that's specifically focused on the issues going on in the county and that all stories that are told relate in some way or another to that county. So if we're going to talk about a child sex ne- sex trafficking network, say that's in the south of, of the state of the country and you're living in the Northwest, the principal issue there is to tell that type of story and then to pivot back and relate it to how it impacts the county. We have to create 
relational ties to news that center us back to where people living in our counties can start to understand the relationship between the bigger picture and what they're and where they're living. Super important because this personalizes the story. This personalizes the crime and it personalizes everything about the issue so that people can stop denying. So much of what's been happening right now in the informational space is that people are able to step away and say, well, that doesn't affect me. So you have an issue that happens with RFK Jr. You have somebody who's apparently trying to to kill him in in the most recent news. And if you aren't following RFK Jr. um, and you aren't paying attention to his campaign, you're like, well, that's no big deal. It doesn't affect me. When we get into the idea of a rogue person dressed as a federal agent trying to stalk somebody, that relational story then becomes important to a local county issue because that means that people are are acting like playing the role of law enforcement or federal agencies, which now begs the question of what happens if that happens in your community. It's not to create fear or panic, but it's not to start to structure an argument so that people realize that when you see somebody, for example, if they are acting like a federal agent, ask for their ID, ask for their badge number, and be ready to call it in to verify. That's a simple cause and effect. These are the sorts of things I'm talking about is when we take national stories, we have to relate them back to a county impact so that people understand how to relate differently to the informational space that's being driven by hype news to a large degree and for another degree a, a level of news at a, at a strategic level that most people just don't see how it impacts their lives it's critical if we're going to solve the child sex issue and it's going to be it has to become personal in this nation And sex trafficking as a whole and human trafficking as a whole has to become personal in this nation. Anybody, for example, that says that if they understand what the open border is about, if they understand that the open border, for example, is about trafficking humans, trafficking children, if they understand that and then turn their blind eye to it and say, well, but it's a problem that doesn't affect me, they've missed the entire linkage of what's really going on. Most people would, would do not agree with human sex trafficking, at least people that have any sort of moral conscience, whether you have a relationship with Christ or not. Many people can say they agree with open borders because they don't see and understand or, or in that matter has never had the problem framed in a way that makes them understand truly the consequences of what's happening with an open border. There's a lot of naive and a lot of cognitive dissonance going on and confirmation bias that's happening throughout our nation where people don't want to see the border for what it is. Rather, what they want to see is they want to see the happy person seeking asylum in the United States to start a new life. And that's the veneer that the media and the government try to continue to perpetuate. But underneath that veneer is a rotted hell of human sex trafficking. They range from women that are being brought in to be turned into just uh, sex puppets to deliver babies that are then sold. We have children that are being arriving at the border unaccompanied or worse yet, being accompanied by somebody who is a, a terrorist or is a known child sex trafficker or is working with the cartels or working or worse, working with Satanists. And this is real. And the problem is that there's too much disconnect between the visceral story on the border and how it connects to people's lives locally. So again, in the informational space, everything that we're trying to develop at a county level are informational podcasters that are dedicated to telling county level stories and putting all the news in the lens, not just in terms of biblical terms, 
but the news in the lens of the county so that people can relate to the bigger picture and understand how they are impacted by these events. When we combine the intelligence and human, human terrain modeling with that type of personal related news to a local level, we're creating a local, local impact that literally creates a groundswell an organic eruption of knowledge and awakening that then creates a, creates a momentum within the county over time of holding people accountable and therefore starting to see the bigger picture that as we do that as a people, we can literally shake the roots of the corrupted elements within our society, which include corporations, it includes universities and schools, it includes government agencies, and it includes the, the criminal networks. It's pervasive. It's all over around here. But until we get the understanding of its fidelity and how it affects our own lives, people have a very limited view and, and they are allowed to exist with confirmation bias that any of these problems really happen. And worse yet, there's an apathy that sets in because they just don't understand the urgency of what we're facing. Now, let me just take another quick call out here to one of our great sponsors, which is Birch Gold. Right now in this time, we have enormous upheaval and unsettling of our economy. The dollar is sliding. We have a dollar that's worth absolutely nothing. They are printing more money every single day to run the debt up. The debt interest rate is getting to where it's, it's soon to exceed the actual revenues of our government. We are in a crisis. The dollar, in the end of the day, is losing its value, and there's nothing to back it to make sure it doesn't fall and free fall into oblivion. Retirement accounts are a big deal. You've worked hard for your money. You have to make sure that these events don't affect that and give you some security. And that's why the first folks at Birch Gold are offering you a free information kit to understand more and give you answer many of your questions relating to precious metals-backed IRAs. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. That's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. And when you do, you're going to receive a link to get a free informational kit from Birch Gold. Give these folks a call. They can help you manage your retirement savings in a great way using precious metals and precious metals backed and tax deferred accounts that will ensure that your money is there, that withstands this storm, and will give you something substantial that you know that when you get out there in retirement, no matter what's happened in the world around us, your money is safe. The hard-earned money you've created for retirement is safe, and you've weathered the storm. So again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, and get your free information packet today from Birch Gold. So we have the first two pillars of this, which are informational, or, or intelligence, and informational. These two principal issues are essential to being able to raise up the awareness of child sex trafficking. And like I said, let's say there's a county that actually doesn't have child sex trafficking, which is kind of hard to believe, but say that there is. We're not just talking about the moving of kids. We're talking about the end users of the, and of the byproducts of the child sex, sex trafficking industry. So that would include things like pornography. That would include things like online chats. That would include things like even making arrangements to go meet a child and try to lure a child off of their site to go over and meet them and then to have and then the perpetrator or pervert would then rape the child. And there's some great work going out of a group in Colorado. It's doing their they're, they're called pedo hunters and they're doing just that. They are using online chat presence to imitate spoof somebody 
into believing that they're a child. They set up these these hits, these stings. They go in as a team. They film it all. They bring the hard-documented evidence of the chats that they've had, them playing the part of a child, the adult who's trying to lure the child, groom them, and set them up to be raped. And then in the every one of these events, they end up calling the police, and the police arrive after they've had they've in, they've confronted the the pervert, and then the police arrive, and there is an arrest made, and they hand over the packet of information to the police to ensure that there is an evidence trail and that the charges can be filed and hopefully held to. We have to do more of this. We have to create an environment across our nation that these perverts know that they cannot hide and that there will be consequences. Part of that as well is we have to have places for kids that have been abused, kids that have suffered through child sex trauma, kids that are just being traumatized and can go to and be safe. That is part of what we call kingdom safe havens. This is the third part of the pillars of Operation Vineyard. Kingdom safe havens are going to be have some challenges to set up. Let me put it this way. One is in taking children that, are, that have been trafficked, excuse me, that have been trafficked, to get them into a kingdom safe space requires an enormous amount of legal loopholes or, or approvals to make that happen. We are working on a solution, and the solution is centered around common law. We are also, I'm also working with a couple of others that have been involved in this and already have the experience of setting this up. And as these informational sets come together and we're able to provide a template of how to set these up, then the answer is we will move with lightning speed and provide that of it and make that available for everyone. In the meantime, there are some efforts that are happening now, one most notably in right near where I live in Douglas County, where there is a school that is going to become the first of the Bards Nation schools that is set up. It's It will be operational here in a couple of months. And the idea is making a place available where kids can come and experience different type of teachings, whether it's art, ceramics, whether it's sewing, whether it's painting, and have instructional outlets where they can come and provide and get into an environment that's God-centric, that's going to be safe and to allow children a break from the insanity of public schools or a boost if they've been in homeschooling and to bring people together so there can be seeds of hope and strength of the Holy Spirit placed in them. That's the first step in a much bigger view of how to do this, but it's very it's there's no legal loopholes or wickets we have to go through like we do with children that have been abducted. That same model can be used for children that have suffered child abuse and perhaps are now in a, in a good home or they're in a good space. These types of environments using schools as a model, private school as a model, can be done in a way that you could create a healing centers, which is really what we're trying to do to help restore the child. Now, ultimately, when we talk about this, it's the three pillars that I mentioned at the beginning, rescue, heal, and restore. The rescue is in a, in a visual model is literally... The rescuing like we see in the, in the films where there's doors kicked in and there's guys raiding in there and taking the children out of the most despicable environments. That's one type of rescue. But there's also a rescue of a child who's, say, in public school and is being in, indoctrinated with this LGBTQ nonsense and this grooming that's going on in the public schools. That's another form of rescue. There may be another rescue of a child who's been abused by a parent 
And let's say that that relationship is now cleaned up. Let's say that one of the parents is able to separate them from a, from the bad parent. And now that's another type of rescue where a child needs to be in an environment where they can heal and be healed all, ultimately through the power of prayer and in the Holy Spirit. All of those models are solid because the parental we can have parental consent going into this, and we're not trying to take children who have been lost to a system, kidnapped, trafficked, have no parental backing, and trying to get them in to where there is that legal loophole to pass through. Those extremes, more of the extreme model of that, that's what we're really focusing on in terms of common law solutions. Jaron Jackson is ultimately going to be part of that solution set. He's going to be a Bard's Fest, and all of this together will create a, a solid framework legally that we can operate under to ensure that we can take in children in various forms of needing rescue. We can work with them to heal them, and we can work with them to restore them back to the mightiness and kingdom as God intended. All of that can happen. One of the structural models that we're looking at very seriously, and I'll be implementing these very soon after I get back from Bard's Fest, are PMAs, private membership associations. They are a very strong legal structure for your for any business or operation like this that you do. They are 100% legal. There is no sketchiness on any of it. They create, in its essence, a private trust that you're operating from, and that allows you autonomy from the system. It also prevents, it limits, highly limits to the point of almost extinguishing liabilities, which is huge. And all of that being done, obviously, so that as we operate truly on the level of the Holy Spirit and truly with the love in our heart for children, that we can create protective envelopes for these children to work, to live within, operate within, and not have to worry about the siege of legal fights up on the outside. Now, here's some of the darker sides of what we're talking about with Operation Vineyard. And again, I've been steady but I haven't been racing to get this up and running. It's a steady flow so that as we gather intelligence, we build the models, we start working, we start identifying who's going to be doing what. These are things that each person starts to bring into their lives, but we have to understand there's also a dark side to this. Children are the most valuable commodity on a global scale for the illicit drug trafficking and illicit networks of criminality. They are in a place globally that if you take away a commodity, that costs these people on the, that are trafficking kids tens of thousands of dollars in potential revenue. Right now, there's enough children in the market and a, and a lower amount of resistance that there's not a lot of damage to that economic model that has been caused, a lot yet. As we accelerate into this movement and as we increase the damage to the criminal networks to where they begin losing their assets, and remembering there's always somebody above them that's demanding the asset that they have, meaning they are losing the children to traffic, to exploit, and to profit off of. When they start losing those in increasing numbers, they will strike back. It's important to understand this reality. They are not going to take this sitting down. It's for that reason that there are another two elements of this structure in a county that ultimately have to be put in place. The first element in this is ties to the intelligence cell and the informational cell, but it's forming our local militias. But the militias have to be divided into two categories. One is what we call, what I'm calling, First Amendment militias, 
which are militias that are equipped and able to handle a intense offensive information war with the tools that are needed to do that. There is also a second part of that militia, which is the 2A militia, what I'm calling the 2A militia. These are men who are trained, who have hopefully worked with the local law enforcement, that have been potentially even deputized, and that they are able to operate within the county as a not only a county defense force, but as a force to be able to protect and defend property, in particular groups that are trying to protect and save children. There's also a fifth part to all of this. So that fifth element is citizens grand juries. We have to be setting these up and informing them that are based on common law that then can execute their decisions and warrants that then using the first and second amendment militias, they can go round up the accused and a and something is done to bring deliver criminal to deliver justice. In the beginning, we want to do everything we can as much as possible to work with the local counties, the officials, the local county attorney general or, or district attorney, the local county sheriffs. In some counties, those are highly corrupted. So we have to use our mobilization of our tools to be able to change those positions to people that to people that will better represent the people of the county and ultimately we have to be able to get the sheriff and the county commissions on board with working with common law that's the law of the people it's the law of what kingdom gave us ultimately for this land these are not short-term objectives these are long-term objectives they are going to take a lot of time to put these pieces together so the question really is where do we begin where we begin on all of this is the personal issues of information. Each person out here that's interested has some fundamental studies to do. One, you have to study a common law. Jaron Jackson, again, he's going to be at Barsfest, has a common law instructional course, which I'd highly encourage you to follow. I'll get the link up again below this podcast before the end of the night so that you can let's go to his place. It's free. I would encourage you, highly encourage you to take his course on common law. He has a short course and a long course. I would do them both. That'll give you a foundation of understanding how common law works. We also have to look at biblical studies. Common law leverages off of the Bible. So having a solid Bible study program in your life is critical to understanding all of this because not only does it enhance common law, but it also enhances our authority that God gave us on this earth. We also have to stay vigilant on our information of understanding how to do different things. If you're good at uh, ham radio, learn it better. If you are good at research, become better. All of these tools are needed so that we can communicate, so that we can dig, and we can develop informational packets to distribute to the public. The biggest part of this war that will change everything is when people become universally aware, not only of the threat that's happening to the children, but equally to the horrors that are already occurring to the children on a daily basis, if not hourly. People need to be confronted with facts. That's a process of awakening that we all know well, but it's more important than that. It's a process that has to be steady. It can't be where, and people love to do this, when they start trying to wake somebody up, they like to do a shock and awe approach of literally like, well, let me show you how it looks like. And instead of going from a process of helping people become accepting that there's a problem, they just want to shock and awe somebody with pictures, horror pictures of kids being raped or something like this. Can't do that. 
We have to be able to move the public to be our friend and our ally so that it's, it's just like bringing somebody to Christ. You can get somebody to get to accept Jesus and baptize them, and then just like that, they're supposed to be all changed. But without a support network and without the proper foundation underneath them, too often that happens and they drift away from Christ and leave the, leave the interest in God altogether. A sad tra- but very tragic and real outcome. We have to build the foundations in our community to lift up an entire community to make them stronger and mightier against this threat. And this threat is so real. It is one of these things that it will topple entire nations. And it will do worse than that as the nation itself will be cored out from within. It disempowers men. It breaks families. It ruins children's futures. And all of that plays into the hands of the elites that ultimately are trying to create a a traumatized public that is more easily turned into compliance and forced into slavery. That's why when we look at what goes on online, it's the most obvious issue ever, is that this is a world where they can track each and every one of us to our address at home and whether we have taken a vaccine or not. We are in a world right now that they can facial identify you anywhere you move in this country. And if you do the wrong thing for them, they can send the FBI out to raid your house and arrest you. You have no issue here. And yet somehow it's impossible for them to track pedophiles. It's impossible for them to tell you exactly how many children are tracked each year or trafficked each year in this nation. It's impossible for them to tell you what happened to the 87,000 kids that went across the border that they don't, they claim they don't know where they've gone. It's because our government and our corporations, especially tech, are deeply involved in the business of child sex trafficking. And that's what we have to understand and that's what we are fighting against and that's what we have to become better smarter and more adaptive than our enemy. And that takes a lot of work. So all of this, when someone's looking and asking me, where do I begin? It begins with some fundamental issues. Number one, again, study common law. Number two, get solid in the scriptures and understand the relationship between common law and the Bible. Very, very important. Learn how to dig. Learn the skills to investigate, to research, and learn how to dig and become a sleuth. We need this. And it can't be just limited to somebody, a couple people who say, I want to do it, and everyone else is like, cool, I don't want to. These are hard skills we have to learn and be adaptive to. Learn about information warfare. I talk about it. I'll talk a lot more about it. Be creative and understand the the sorts of things that are used to wage a war of information locally and to win. And that is sometimes it's just the most fundamental, basic guerrilla marketing techniques that are used to bring an exposure to people because you never know what when that is going to light a spark under the entire group of people that you're targeting and there'll be a sudden and rapid awakening into the reality of truth. We can't underestimate or understate the importance of churches in this model. Unfortunately, way too many churches have steered away from this for a number of reasons. Some are complicit in the in the obscene work against children. Others don't see it as their role to get involved in these sorts of topics. Others are totally just asleep. They're literally living in la-la land and don't understand it. And then unfortunately, then too many churches across our country, being passive is more important than being active in the community. All of us can influence that impact on churches. 
engaging with the pastors, engaging with the congregation, making people aware, and helping people step off that comfortable place in the pew to start getting active in our communities. But it's the church, while the church has failed in this mission miserably, it doesn't take away the potential importance of the church and how many people that are sitting in those congregational pews and how many people that represents that if they were awakened to the problem, what that would relate to and translate to in our nation. All of this at the end of the day is centered around the three pillars we begin with. Rescue, heal, and restore. We have got to make a major effort in our lives to put children back on the map of priority, to once again realize that what we are looking at here is something absolutely horrific. It's against everything that God said the way we should be living. And we have the powers and authorities to break this down, to mobilize locally, and to ensure that it will never happen again. We may not be able to get all of the bad guys, but we shouldn't settle for anything less than a goal to get all of the bad guys when it comes to children. So as I said in a previous statistic, when you have the the fake fact checkers telling you that there's no more than 20 or 30,000 kids trafficked each year, that the rest of those numbers are just reports, like a, a parent takes a child in a divorce and someone else calls on that parent to accuse them of kidnapping, those sorts of things. Okay, so let's just, as I said earlier, let's take that as fact, which it isn't, but let's say it is. Then in fact, that out of the seven or 800,000 reported incidences, that only 20 or 30,000 are actually abducted and trafficked. Well, that's 20 or 30,000 that is way too many to begin with. So no matter how you cut that, we have, a, we have an acid-acid problem in this country. It's acidic at every level. It's rotting the core of our country. It's rotting the morality of our nation. It is rotting the basis of our families. It's in pre-creating an environment of fear, and it all centers around children, sexual exploitation, and sexual trafficking. And at the end of the day, there's plenty of consumers for all of those products, sadly, that drives an industry of the darkest kind which has become normalized and mainstream to such a degree that people no longer even react to it when you say so. We have to change it. And that's going to take heroic efforts and powerful efforts of each and every one of us to be engaged, to confront, to use the powers of our prayer and truth to break down these fortresses. Remember this, and it's so important. We don't fight these wars with the tools of the flesh, but we fight these wars with the tools of the spirit that have the power to tear down fortresses. There's no doubt in my mind that we can win this war, none whatsoever. But it is a critical time to realize that we have choices we have to make, and those choices are going to shape the future and shape the judgment that is coming and will continue to come on this nation. In closing here, before we go to prayer, I want to read Psalm 91. I think it's very appropriate. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the tenor of the terror of the night, or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, 
or the destruction that lays waste to, at noon. A thousand may fall at your right hand, but, in the, but, it, is, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the, the recompense of the wicked, for you will have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near you or your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in, the, in your ways, that they bear you into, the, into their hands, that you, that you do not strike your foot against a stone, and you will, you will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on, on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will safe, satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Patriots, this is a time now that we have to gird up get on the armor of God and start being ready to wage this war on the offensive against the enemy. It's going to call on each and every one of us in different ways. Much of what we're going to be going experiencing during the three days of Bards Fest will be moving towards these topics and ultimately culminating in a lot of focus around children and the addictions of porn to free people from porn and ultimately achieve the ultimate goal over the three days of Bards Fest, which is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. This is a big event. I can tell you by the magnitude of things that are going against people that are trying to attend, it's critical that we stay focused. It's critical that you lean in hard to the Lord. It's critical right now that you put your faith in Jesus and walk and understand that the commission set before us, ultimately, all roads lead to the children. And when we break that, that stronghold, when we collapse that fortress, and we seize the high ground protecting the children, we will truly see things change in a way that's almost unimaginable. Let's pray. Father God, we are blessed to be here today and just humbled by the magnitude of this commission that you've set before us and in our hearts. Father, Operation Vineyard is one that has been quietly incubating, and you know this, and this is a time now to bring it back into the public dialogue and a time now to bring it back in the forefront of our hearts and our prayers. This is a time now to start organizing and taking the next steps that each of us have to take to empower ourselves with the tools necessary to lead in this fight. We have to not look into the institutions, but rather put our eyes on you and through Christ to you, Father, in a way to be led to where we need to be, to be awakened into the missions you have for us, to seek the knowledge and wisdom necessary to take the next steps and to understand that we are all part of a fight in a decentralized model that will ensure longevity and security against any sort of thwarting attack. Father, we have to be realistic about where we are in the sense that all things are possible through you, but we are dealing with an enemy that is guaranteed to rise up and be ferociously angry when it loses control of its most valuable asset. So as we work towards freedom of the children, we also have to appreciate that we have to be vigilant in our defense of standing on the wall, girding ourselves with our armor, and being prepared to repel any attacks, always centering on those tools in the spiritual nature to wage war in a spiritual realm first to free that of the flesh. 
Father, in these hours now, as we lean into Bards Fest, we ask for your blessing to continue to raise this message and awareness up. We ask for a great awareness of this nation to start to put their eyes not only on the messages coming from Bards Fest, but on the importance and the the salvation of our children. It is more important than ever now that as a nation, we realize that the core problem is our children being abused by a state that is completely at war with them. The only thing they are in their way is us. So, Father, not while we pray for the children, we equally pray for the strength of the families, the mothers and the fathers, to stand mightily in this hour, to hear the call of the places that they can go to seek the wisdom of the tools to fight with, to be relentless in their fight, and in so doing, to raise up mightily as one nation under God, that ultimately with the goal of defending, protecting, to rescue, to heal, and to restore our children. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. You know, patriots, some thoughts tonight that I think are important for us to carry. I haven't talked about Operation Vineyard here for a while. It's not intentional, just a lot of pieces moving, and this is really considered this to be kind of a major update, if you will, on where things are. There's been, there's always a lot, it's easy to get ideas going. The sustainment in the building is what takes time. And while we may not have, I may not have talked a lot about it, I hope that all of you that have been inspired by it are continuing that vigilant work to improve your talents, to pray into the Lord, to truly hear where he wants you to be and to be pursuing that relentlessly. It's important. It's kind of a final footnote tonight. And I think it's important to really reflect on this. And it's just to see how things have come together. Everything that I've done over this last week ultimately leads in one way or another to the children. And the things that have in this wild trip that I've taken, which I'll talk more about tomorrow night, in an amazing journey with the Holy Spirit, an amazing walk of God throwing open massive doors, when it comes down to the bottom line on all of this, this is about the future generations that we're trying to ensure have the right and have the, the joy of having a life that they can pursue their love in Christ and raise up mightily in a, na- in a nation grounded on the love in Jesus. That's our ultimate goal. And everything we do leads to that. And in spite of the news or trying to distract us this way or that, the common issues, the centerpiece of our fight has to always be with the children before us. Anything else, it's unimportant. So tomorrow morning, if you check, you'll see that we're doing prayer tomorrow morning on Sunday, an hour earlier. It's going to be at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific. I know that's early, but I've had to make an adjustment for the training I'm going through here. And prayer has to end in a in three and a half hours. So if we aren't able to get to everything in three and a half hours, then we'll move it to the evening show and peace be still. So either way, all the prayers will be dealt with tomorrow, but we, we have to make a few compromises. We've been getting through it in three and a half hours, and I'm happy with that, but you never know. I, I value all the prayers that are being sent to us, but we really need to stay focused right now. I need to stay focused tomorrow on completing this training that I'm in. And it's more than a training. And I'll talk more about that tomorrow night. It's an experience. It's God bringing together two amazing people that he needs to come together and bring their resources together to deliver yet another blow to the enemy. And that's a lot of what this has become. It's truly amazing to see how God has worked. 
Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern for Coffee and Jesus. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. 
It has no scruples. It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.